really the risks are already there and they're much greater without being able to control it. It's already there. What we're trying to do here is more about controlling the conversation. Make sure that when people see that page, they're seeing it in the best possible light. Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I'm a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome back to this live broadcast of the Nursing Home Podcast. During these uncertain times, um, it's I'm sure a lot of you are working from other places than you usually work, and you everyone's schedules has been impacted by this. And you don't need to tell you don't meet you don't need me to tell you this um, because you're probably working from home or watching from home or listening from wherever you are. So this week, pretty much every day this week around this time, around three o'clock Eastern time. We're bringing you live recording sessions of the Nursing Home Podcast on timely issues and timely topics uh, directly related to nursing home operations. And we, we're bringing to you vendors and others who will be able to provide practical tips um, and insights into how you can best manage through these difficult times. So today we are going to be focusing specifically on the communication aspect within the nursing home within the nursing home space so there is every nursing facility is probably inundated with phone calls what is the story with my loved one should i come to work should i not come to work are you still taking admissions are you not taking admissions um you know what happens if i have this type of fever is there any exception to the visitation rule you know my, you know my mom really needs me because x y and z can you help me set up this service or that service so today we are bringing on Jonah Blumenthal of Typoductions. Jonah is a master and a guru when it comes to anything related to social media, marketing, communication, and has been in the nursing home space for close to five years now. So Jonah, thank you so much for coming on the Nursing Home Podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on and we're looking forward to hearing from you as you share from some of your experience um, of how nursing homes can maximize the tools that they have or how they can maybe acquire and set up the tools that they don't yet have um, in order to best communicate through this through through these times. Now, before we even talk solutions, before we even talk about strategies, tools, products, services that are available uh, to anyone in this space, l- let's first discuss some of the challenges uh, that nursing home operators are facing right now, and maybe something that you see from your clients, your current clients, or maybe your soon-to-be clients. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I think that right now the biggest challenge that nursing home operators and administrators are facing is the lack of communication between family members of the residents and loved ones of the residents, being really being able to let them know that everyone's okay, life is proceeding as normal, um, as normally as they can during these times, and they're doing everything they can just to keep everyone healthy and safe. And they're being inundated with just phone calls and um, you know emails, just looking up for information just to make sure that their family is doing well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, 
you have family members that are being told that they cannot can no longer visit, and you know they can have someone who is visiting. At least uh, you know sometimes you have a family member that comes in every single day. They've been bringing breakfast for the last you know ten years, and all of a sudden they can't come. So the fear of the unknown, and and just to add to that. You know, what do you see in the news every day is that you see nursing homes, coronavirus, nursing homes, coronavirus. Now, it's true that I set up a Google alert, so I, I really find that every time coronavirus and nursing homes are, are in the news. But we know that in America, that's where it started in Washington State. And unfortunately, we know that this population is a very vulnerable one, specifically it generally, there it's a vulnerable population, but also specifically because of the coronavirus. Uh, it doesn't mean that younger people are immune to it. So, uh, so there's a lot of hysteria or panic or confusion, misinformation. Uh, some of it's legitimate, but some of it perhaps is not. So, 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 so let's let's get down to some some of the nuts and bolts a little bit. So, a, a nursing home right now, I'm going to put on my nursing home administrator hat, which is not so dusty yet. And I'm managing through this crisis and I'm coming in every single day for my family and I know what I'm exposing myself to. And the, my, I'm, I'm struggling with getting, you know, PPE. I'm trying to struggling getting my gowns and gloves and masks. And I'm trying to make sure the staff are here, trying to make sure that the food comes up from the kitchen, uh, not, con you know, contaminated and working my infection control to make sure it's perfect. We always work on it. But right now we're talking about, you know, this is a death could potentially be not a death, a mistake could potentially be fatal. And that's what we spoke about yesterday on the podcast. Yeah. And now I hear from my receptionist as I'm walking by, you know, uh, the Smith family called for the fifth time today. And this family called for the 10th time today. And I'm like, seriously, let them be frustrated. I'm trying to keep people alive over here. And I, you know, I, I can't deal with that. So well, what would be, I guess, the, like the, the number one basic uh, thing that you would recommend for a facility to set up just to, just to kind of get out a message of what's going on in the facility and try to calm down or address this issue? Sure. So this is where social media has really come into play in a big way in the last you know, couple of weeks. Whereas a lot of facilities have always been tepid and nervous about social media in general, pictures of residents, pictures of, of you know employees, things like that. Um, now it's a lifeline. Families are actually able to see what's going on in the facility. They're able to see that you have that there's activities. You know, they're they're you know not group activities, obviously, but there are activities going on, and their their loved ones are staying as active as possible. So it's really it's kind of creating a connection from their loved ones without actually having to bother the facility. Got it. Got it. So I mean, for example. Uh... Um, I know that Zoom has surged um, in, in the last couple of weeks because so many in-person uh, encounters are now going on to Zoom and other similar types of technology. But Zoom has made it very easy. They opened a lot of their restrictions and know they're not sponsoring this episode, but if they're listening, reach out to me. We can talk about it. <laughs> but the point is that I know that I spoke to so many people in the industry and out of the industry is that you know it used to be video communication was cool it was interesting um you know it was at the end of the day it was a phone call you could see them what's so important but with the right type of communication with the right type of media you know the world will never be the same after coronavirus leaves we yeah. know that it has affected everything and it challenged and uprooted shattered so many of our assumptions about business and life in general so 
we know that you know residents who thought it was necessary to come and visit mom every single day, bring the same Dunkin' Donuts coffee and the same bagel and the same you know donut every day for five years, might realize that maybe it's not the best thing for mom. You know, sometimes and I've actually I'm I'm not obviously won't share uh, names and identifying information, but I've had cases like that, and you know, in my role as administrator, I put on that hat. I guess it's not going off so fast, where there were family members who thought they were doing the right thing and they kept on being there in person, them being there in person was a challenge. So through this, that falls off, that kind of leads the resident to be in a worse state than they were before because it became part of their routine and it became part of their, it became part of their mental health, so to speak, and their, you know, emotional health. So yes and no. So yes, that that's a problem, but no, that's not the problem that I was referring to. Problem I was referring to is sometimes the family member or the loved one might be not might not be alert and oriented times three and might not be always able to express themselves and their opinion might be discounted wrongfully so uh, and they might say i don't want this person to come you know and we might ignore it because what do they really know and that you know there are other things that they're saying that might not be correct um but over here when we're forced that they can't come and to work of another way to support the resident and to support the family member in some ways it could be better so just getting back to the practical side of it. So we have that administrator who's overwhelmed or the director of nurses who might even be more overwhelmed in general, but specifically now because people want to know clinically what's going on. Did the angel of death come to this nursing home? Right. That's what people want to know. And it, they're, they're really scared and they keep on reading numbers and statistics. And, you know, they just every few minutes, they, you know, their brains are going with another notification of, you know, more news, which is usually not positive by definition um so you want to get out the message you know to the masses and but you want it to be targeted so let let me just put out some misconceptions or some hesitation and let's put everything out there on the table in regards to social media in nursing in the nursing home space and as i told you beforehand this is not really planned out let's just sort this through a lot of operators are hesitant i know from operator standpoint and even you know working in a similar line of business to you that a lot of operators are hesitant because I don't want to put myself out there. I'm worried about liability. I'm worried about HIPAA. I'm worried that they're going to see something I don't want them to see. Why should I share it out there? And that's all the risk side. And then the benefit side to them is just getting with the times. It's, it's another, it's a nice to have because there's a lot of, and to them, Facebook is the new thing still. <laughs> um, so they're like, you know, it would be good if I could be on Facebook because, you know, this resident's mother, this resident's daughter checks her Facebook a hundred times a day and she would see her mother having a good time. That will make a good feeling. And so like, okay, the risk is all the way up here. There we go. Couldn't find my hand. The risk is all the way up here. The benefit is all the way down there. So, you know what? Uh, you know, it's not worth the whole thing. So, Right now, where it's becoming more of a need, I'll give you a second. Right <laughs> now, it's becoming more of a need. It's becoming a real tool. What do you say to clients who 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 bring you these the risks, and are the benefits really so low? So the risks are already there. Like most people don't realize that whenever anybody speaks about a facility, a company, pretty much any business on Facebook, on LinkedIn, um, pages are automatically generated. So there's already a page up with that facility where family members are already going, posting things, putting up pictures. Um, a lot of times, even employees who don't realize that it's an unmanned page are checking in there and utilizing it as an actual company page. 
it's already there. What we're trying to do here is more about controlling the conversation. Make sure that when people see that page, they're seeing it in the best possible light. Things that are that have to be dealt with should be dealt with immediately. There should be someone monitoring it, comments, posts, everything else. So it's it's really the risks are already there and they're much greater without being able to control it. I'll add uh, an excellent answer, uh, but I'll add to that one more point um, is that uh, if you own, you, obviously you want to control uh, the conversation, but who are the people that are posting online? For the most part, especially if you don't, if you're not taking an active role, like you said, in controlling the conversation, you're going to get just like with reviews, you know, the people who actually leave the reviews are going to have a negative experience and they want a, a place to vent. The people have a great experience they're much less likely to share their opinion unless you offer them an easy way to do that. So you, what you're going to be left with is on man page, not controlling the conversation and probably a lot of negativity out there. You're not going to have with a, a automatically generated page with tons of great pictures of smiling residents, even though that's what actually happens. In other words, if you take an on man page and you, you study it, you go through it and you form an opinion and then you go to that nursing home, um, and you visit the nursing home, chances any nursing home, right? Uh, obviously not if it's one of your clients, it's not going to be unmanned, but it, it's going to be any nursing home is or any business, it's probably not going to be an accurate reflection of what's going on. Um, yes and no. Like at the end of the day, what, what we're doing, for example, is we deal with contacts within each facility. So we're actually getting daily updates, daily content and pictures and menus, activities, things like that. So we're putting up what's actually going on in the facility. Um, is there that mix of graphic design and you know stock photos that need to be used every once in a while? Sure. But for the most part, we're actually putting up real content that's going up there to show so that way when somebody walks into the facility, it's not fake. No, and I understand that. My point was if it's unmanned, oh, yeah. then it's, if it's unmanned, then it's not going to be an active. No, the goal is with social media, with all marketing, your goal is not to lie. Your goal is not to represent something that's not there. You want to represent something that is there. Like uh, even some people say, well, my building is ugly and horrible and my product is terrible. The care is bad. Can you do marketing for me? I'm like, I can market a bad facility. People will know that it's a bad facility. Uh, I'm not, obviously not going to advertise that. I said, if your product is really, really bad, then you, ha you have a different problem. It's not a marketing problem. It's a product. It's a service problem. So it's 100%. Yeah. Um, but once you have, first of all, if it's not generic content, um, people don't really care for it. You know, people have a filter. They've been exposed to hundreds and thousands of images, sometimes per day. People know stock photos, you know, fake, fake, yeah. fake, fake. And then you see that slightly unprofessional picture. And and you, like you said, you know, with the right mix, it can really, really change people's perception. And people are making real decisions based on what they what they see. You know, the, the decision makers for nursing home placement are many of them are primarily on Facebook now a little bit more Instagram also, but, um, your, your, you know, your reputation there is, is definitely very important. So the moving on, so, I mean, that's just kind of on a more global sense. And like, so what you're saying is true is that ignoring it, well, it's not going to make it good. Ignoring it is not going to make it amazing, but now practically right now. So, uh, let's just take a facility just to make this real that has, completely neglected their website, their social media presence. They don't believe in it. They don't buy in. They don't care about it. They don't have the space to think about it. And now everyone's asking them questions. And some of the younger staff are saying, you know, if we if we kind of got together, we, we got our act together online, we could solve a lot of these things. What, what should they actually do? 
So the first thing that they should do is they should make sure that first of all, they claim all of their pages. You know, these all social media pages out there should be claimed and taken care of. Um, you should start posting actual pictures or work with a company like ours to help post actual pictures. Um, posting actual pictures, making sure that it's all aesthetically pleasing, making sure also that the pictures are all suitable for the public. You know, a big thing with social media that we always see is when you have somebody in the facility that's managing it, which a lot of facilities just kind of give it to somebody in the facility and they yeah, say, Yeah, Betsy knows Facebook, she could do it. Right, exactly. You're like, oh, that person's young enough, they can handle it. Um, what they do a lot of times is they'll just be posting pictures that they become desensitized. So there'll be a picture of a of a, you know grandma smiling away, and it's a great picture. But there's you know something. She's in a Johnny. Yeah, something. She's in restraints. There is something like that to the average person who's not in a facility is going to be completely thrown off by that. Like I would never send my loved one there. Whereas what we do is we QA these pictures. We go through them. We look through them to make sure that everything is suitable, cropping if necessary, um, and you know prettying them up, so to speak. Uh, but basically, that's that's a huge part of it as well. You got to make sure that everything going up there is going to bring people in and not turn people away. It should be real. It should be organic. It should be a healthy mix of um, you know facility pictures, employee spotlights, um, uh, some graphics. You don't want to you know miss out on like certain days and things like that, like national days, like Mother's Day, where they might not have something going on. But you want to make sure it's acknowledged, things like that. Um, and it's not a short-term thing. Like it's very hard for facilities who have never done anything online right now to all of a sudden try to spruce up their online game. You Got know, it. Got it's, really, it's, it's something that does take time. And it's like anything else, you know, you don't, for example, Google reviews, which are extremely important these days. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's the, it's the first, it's, it's to some people, it's more important than any other star rating out there. And oh, thank when, you for saying that I know <laughs> some people still don't operators still don't believe that. Yeah, it's it's 100% true because it's public perception. That's all it is. Whether it's true or not, it's public perception. And that's the number one thing. Um, so when it comes to Google reviews, you don't want to necessarily have, you know, 50 reviews in one month for a facility when they've never had a review before, because somebody looking through those as much as the first in, first instinct when they see five stars is it's great. When they start actually looking through the reviews and they see, you know, just a whole bunch of reviews that all came in with the last three weeks, people kind of see that that's fake right away. You, you buy are, Amazon product, right? You see that it has 100 reviews October 2017 and then nothing since then. Exactly. Like, okay, even though it's 200 reviews, I'm, I'll move on. Right, exactly. You want a steady stream of reviews coming in, of organic, real, legitimate reviews coming in regularly. And then, you know, Anyone who's going into this industry is really doing this for the long term, right? They're not trying to buy sure. a building and then you know flip it in a month. At least we hope not. Um, so they're in it for the long term. People have to realize that you want to spend six months, eight months working on your Google reviews to get to a point where you have a very high rating, but it's done organically and it's done naturally. That doesn't look off. It doesn't look funny. Um, you know. It, it, and on top of that, when you have that influx of Google reviews, a lot of times Google will flag that page and be like, something's wrong here. It should, this shouldn't be happening. You know, this yeah, never I have that. Besides for one two-star review from three years ago, and all of a sudden there's 155 stars. Well, more than that, I have one more point is that, I, you know, as administrator, I at one point bought an iPad and I would walk around to residents who really wanted to share their information. And we started posting reviews and it was all the Amen. same IP address. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, so they, they, they removed a bunch of them. I don't know if they removed all. I don't know exactly how they choose which ones to remove, but they removed a bunch of them. But now, but so, so again, I have nothing right now online. So the first thing is to claim all my pages and to, I guess, to clean up my Google reviews. Right. Um, I like claiming your Google page as well. So many people don't realize that you have to actually claim your Google page. You have to go there. You have to make sure that you're able to take control of it. Um, and even even not for the negative, even not to deal with reviews. Sometimes people just ask questions on Google. You know, I see all the time questions being asked on Google. Is there a parking lot nearby? Like someone wants to come for a tour. If they don't get an answer, that could turn them away from coming in for a tour. Yeah, and another thing which I'm which I'm sure you do with your clients, uh, Google messaging, uh, which 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 it can turn you from like a static. A Google result into someone that's really dynamic and relevant. Right. Where people don't know that you, uh, from with people looking at your facility on your Google page from a mobile device, they could send a direct text message. And if you were replying, really, it used to be that you could it, you could receive it as a text message also. Now you have to use the app. I, th yeah. I, I think for the yeah. most part. And but the point is that you know you can make yourself very relevant. So again, but getting back to to COVID-19 management. So you, you start claiming your pages again. So first of all, you see, we see already, this is this is a process. This is not for that stressed out administrator to do. Um, if they have someone in house that has time for this, well then they, that's probably bad management. She should be busy getting masks and gowns and staffing and, and all those other things. So obviously to bring in a company uh, to do it is, is definitely something that makes sense. But regardless of how they do it, so they have to claim their pages, but now they want to get messaging out there. So let's just, so they have to set up a, a Facebook page, I guess. Uh, take it, take it away. So kind of what we're doing right now is, um, you know, with, with this whole, you know, um, epidemic is we are actually kind of um, hitting several different points. We're trying to make sure that every single place where people look online, they're getting the information they need. So it's not just about, it's claiming the pages, it's putting up all of that onto the social media, you know, putting the, um, and on top of that, we're actually utilizing our kiosk software to be sending out mass text message to all loved ones of residents. Basically say, follow us on Facebook for updates, follow up here, click on this link right here and see what's going on on a day-to-day -day basis, um, which is a, a, a huge thing that we typically wouldn't use it for because it would almost feel like spam. People don't like getting spam by text. But during these times when we want people to know that their loved ones are safe, we feel it's important. Um, wow. I haven't had any pushback from that, you know, now, so which is great. Wow. Uh, and then on top of that, also making sure that the website is updated regularly. One of the things we're doing now is we're taking over, um, you know, the back end of websites and we're creating a separate page that as soon as they go onto the facility site, there's a little pop-up that comes up saying, you know, updates on COVID-19. You click on that and every day we're updating it with the new CMS guidelines, um, the uh, reports from the CDC, a letter from administration, a letter from corporate, just things that constantly make sure that, that the family members are in the know of what's going on. In the so, so to talk to that point, actually two points, but to talk to that is it's really changing a perception of what the role of a website is because yeah. the websites are so old, the con it's been, they've been around so long and the nursing home industry when it comes to technology is generally a few years or decades behind the rest of the business world. Right. So for the most part is look, hey mom, I'm online, you know, pushing www.mywebsite.com. You'll be able to find my nursing home there. 
I'm so ahead of the curve. Now, th those were static websites, which is what you're describing, the old ones. And it's just, you know, you, you see an address, you see a phone number. I mean, a Google right. website. Without getting information. That was why people went to a website. Right, right. So it's basically, right. So the, it's our, you know, this is where we put, stuck our flag in the ground. And you could see where we are um, online. But, but now... In now the we pivoted into, into real live updates for the website, making it a place of information that maybe someone who is not very familiar with Facebook. You know, there are some people, a lot of these residents also, their spouses don't necessarily, aren't necessarily in the facility. They live somewhere else. They come visit all the time, which by the way, is an even bigger issue because that's not even family members, that's spouses who come every day typically, or, you know, when they can. And they don't know how to navigate Facebook. They don't know how to use Instagram, you know, and so on and so forth. You know, they, they need to go to that website and see the updates. They need to see clearly written out, you know, visitor guidelines, you know, what they're allowed to do and what they're not. We had a lot of different facilities that we worked with when this all started that, you know, right away we started putting things on, up on sites, but they were turning people away at the door. Visitors were still coming just because they didn't know they weren't allowed to. And now we're trying to get this information to them so that way, you know, the 85-year-old the, the who's leaving his house in the cold to go visit his spouse, you know, can actually know before leaving that he's not going to be allowed in. Um, so those are just some of the things we're doing. We're also utilizing the, the kiosks, which we put in facilities. Typically, the kiosks are there to actually bring in organic positive reviews, leave feedback. It also gets rid of your sign-in sheet and makes it, you know, makes it much more aesthetically pleasing, gives you a better dashboard on who's in the facility and whatnot. Um, but right now we've adapted with the times right away to basically make it that the CMS screenings, um, questions are on there. So, wow. so at first when they were still allowing visitors, CMS mandated that you had to have a screening questionnaire. Um, and people would walk in, have you been to another country recently? Um, do you have a fever so on and so forth? Very quickly, um, non-essential visitors were not allowed. Um, so now we are using it for non-essential visitors, but we've also pivoted to use it for employees. You now need to screen employees as they come in. And not only that, but most facilities these days, I believe it's mandated in most states now, have to actually um, take temperatures of every employee walking in. So as people walk in, they get their temperature taken and they can actually enter onto that kiosk what their temperature is. Now, the really interesting thing about that is it's not just about making sure they're underneath that 100.4. It's, you could actually watch a trajectory online and it's not just written out on a piece of paper somewhere. You can sit there and look from day to day how employee X went from having you know 98.6 on Tuesday to a hunt to 99.1 on Wednesday and 99.8 on you know Thursday. Suddenly it's like, wait a minute, I know this person's still underneath that 100.4, but maybe this is something we should talk about about you know maybe having them not come in tomorrow and wait a day and see where they go from there. Got it. Is there a reporting system built? I'm just curious now. Is there a reporting system built in where we could like get alerts if anyone has you know set parameters you know within five days 100.2 or whatever. So we're working on that right now. Obviously, everything changes every day, and the software updates are literally being changed every single day wow. uh, to, to, to adapt and we're working on getting those alerts out there but you can at any point but especially by the way a lot of you know owner operators corporate are actually not going into buildings these days they're not walking into their actual facilities right, because right. they live far it's hard to get there whatever it is 
they're able to log in on the back end and see it. They're able to pull a report of everyone who's walked in and walked out and where they were at and compare notes and you know go it over without actually being there, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's truly a, a, a virtual world we're living in these days in that point. Yeah, so this is really true. Uh, you know, people say as a joke that, you know, where are all those, I heard David Stanton saying this, I don't hear, I don't know if this was his or not, but it was, you know, all those people who promised make your millions of dollars from home, where are they now when we all need them? Because <laughs> everybody's stuck at home and so many businesses disappeared, which I think is a very good line, but there's truth to it that technology is ready and there are many, many people who are able to work from anywhere. That has always, personally, has always been my goal. I want to be equally productive anywhere on the planet that I am, if I choose to be. And, um, and as, as the world is definitely a changing, evolving place when it comes to this, uh, specifically. Yeah, I mean, right as, you know, my, my office, everyone in my office works off of laptops and cell phones. We don't have any hardwired computers. Um, I mean, we have, maybe I have one or something like that, uh, but more or less, it's all, go. everyone's mobile. So when all of this, you know, started a couple of weeks ago, we sent something out to our employees, letting everyone know that the office is officially open. People want, this was before the mandatory shutdown and everything else. The office is open, but whoever doesn't want to come in, work from home. It's totally fine. No worries. Um, you know, I went in that first day after we did that and I was the only one there. Um, which, which is great because, you know, now when I go a little stir crazy, I can still go back to my office and be quarantined. Right. right. You, you, get a, you get a little bit of a break. Yeah, so I, I like to go there and socialize myself after I have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, again, so, so, so we set up these systems. You have the social media pages that are getting set up, claiming all your online pages, getting a, a website that is, first of all, that's great for SEO as well, right? The constant updates on your website yeah. besides for the, for the practical update. A lot about what people don't understand about SEO in general is, you know, they think if they do like a lot of black hat SEO, which is, you know, the wrong key, I'm sure you know, but for anyone else who's watching this, um, you know, the wrong keywords, they put in fake things and stuff like that to try to boost it. It's, it's not long lasting. One of the biggest things about SEO, what we've seen is a lot of the organic SEO. So by making sure that Google is properly connected to your website, properly connected to your social media pages, Google is pulling a lot of information from Facebook, from Instagram, because those are some of the most used websites in the world. People ask me all the time, why does my you know, nursing home need an Instagram page? What's the point? What's the point of an Instagram page? Nobody, you know, Facebook, they understand because people, the, the main you know, demogra demographic of people searching for facilities are usually females between the ages of 45 to 65. That's like the, you know, the majority. Um, and that is also one of the majorities of Facebook. But when it comes to Instagram, they always ask me, and I say, it's not about the likes, it's not about the follows, it's not about the shares, it's about the, the organic SEO. It's about the fact that Google is able to see that it's an active page on one of the most active websites in the world, and it's pulling the correct information. So when you search for the facility, you know, after a few months, instead of seeing that horrible news article from, uh, from seven years ago, from previous ownership about, you know, some crazy story. That never happened sometimes. <laughs> You're instead going to be seeing, you know, the the positive stuff that we're actually putting out there for the facilities. Wow, wow. So yeah, so so that is something that is super important because there is a lot of pushback when it comes. Uh, I've seen that also. Why do you need, you know, why do you need this? Why do you, you know, why do you need that? And it's not just a tool to communicate uh, with the family members. It, it has, you know, these tremendous SEO benefits. But even a, a website that's updated. Uh, 
consistently and providing information, you're giving them a reason to come back. Right. If yeah. you went to Facebook and every single day Facebook was the same, you probably wouldn't come back too many times. Right. You come to nursing homes website and the nursing home that you see the same picture of the same person that passed away ten years ago. Okay, that that that's nice, but I, there's no reason for me to ever come back. Right. If I'm researching, if I never heard of it, maybe I'll come one time. I, I got it. I see everything. I see who's on the team and I see whatever. But if, if I am working in the nursing home, if I care about them, if I want to find out more information, it's not a go-to page. It's not a hub, right? It, it's 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 a sign. Typically, the website is is really just about getting information. It should be update. A, a website should be updated every few years to to kind of look more modern and have that feel to it. Um, but it's not about updating it every day. It's not about putting things up you know every other day. That's that's not the point of a website. Now with all, everything going on with the you know with, with the coronavirus, it is. But typically, that's not what it's about. Social media is a place for, for updates. Social media is a place where you want to see new posts going up every day, every other day. Not overwhelmingly, you know, not not to the point where you're putting up five, six posts a day from a facility because it is still a skilled nursing facility. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to be seeing updates every day. You want to be seeing what's going on there. And the fact that, like like I you know said before, and I, I'll say it again, happy smiling faces. You want to see active communities. You want to see a place where your mom or your your dad or your loved one or whoever it is is going to actually go and enjoy themselves. There's there's a sense of guilt with putting a loved one in a facility, obviously, because like typically like people always kind of feel like maybe I could do this myself. Maybe I could take care of my loved one. You know, they took care of me when I was little. I should take care of them now. And it, and, and also because nursing homes tend to have a bad reputation, you know, from years past, there is that sense of guilt. So what we're trying to do here is trying to show the world that when you're searching this facility, there's going to be no guilt. You're putting you're putting your loved one in a place where they're going to be active, enjoy themselves, be with people who are their own age, who are their own style, who they're going to make more friends. It's it's a new it's a new step in life, so to speak, and not just okay, let's you know put mom in a back room and we'll just take care of her. Got it, got it. I have to share the story of. Uh, I don't think I was. I think I was. Had a different role in the nursing home at that point, but I remember we got a new admission. A daughter was driving her mother to dropping her off at the nursing home. She literally backed up to the nursing home, let her mother out, and the the staff were you know helping her into a wheelchair, getting her in. They turned around like they expected her to come in, get her settled. She literally, I watched it happen. She literally drove off. Boom, never to be heard from again. Like you know, uh, so it's usually not so dramatic. You know, sometimes. Right. Uh, I think she yeah, left a note, and she's an extreme situation. Yeah, that was, yeah. I haven't seen it since then, and I hope it doesn't happen too frequently. But you know, the, there is a feeling of guilt, even if you send it to a good facility. But now, from a from a one to many communication standpoint, so a website is a good place to give update information, and so you know, as visitation changes, as the if there if there is a a, a positive case, and the facility chooses to share that i guess that's a facility question um if there's any purpose in sharing that i I don't think many people would would share that only because it's it's not hiding information but instead it's just you i I could see that as causing a panic right you know imagine if if somebody got a phone got you know saw an alert that somebody in the facility is someone that they know is in you know had the you know had the virus they would automatically run there and try to get their their loved one out, and then no one would accept that person coming from that facility. That they are, 
it would cause too much of a panic. So I wouldn't right. recommend uh, it. It wouldn't really be very beneficial. Right, but the bottom line is that uh, besides for updating the website and, and claiming and putting, you know, information on the social media, well, basically, uh, let, me, let me say the question differently. You know, what you've said a bunch of times in this conversation, I completely agree, is that this is not a short-term game. It's not that you come in, you spend a couple of days or a couple of weeks, and you claim all your pages, you put up a, a site, you, you put up a, you, you make your profiles look nice, and now you're pretty much done, and once in a while you should post stuff. You have to be in it for the long, you have to take it seriously, you have to understand what the purpose of what you're doing is, and you, and you have to be in it for the long term. But at the same time, someone who has nothing going on right now and their their pages are bad and their online presence is non-existent or, like you said, it's probably they probably have content that's out there that, that they don't want and they're not controlling the conversation. So we, so besides our website and social media um, profiles, are there other tools out there that they should be using? And is it necessary to use other tools out there to help communicate the message? Um, you know, from a marketing standpoint and also from an operational standpoint, or is this really sufficient? I mean, from an operational standpoint, the, the other things you can, that, you know, facilities have been doing and are trying to do, which just takes a lot of coordination, um, is definitely all the Skype and Zoom and, you know, FaceTiming with loved ones, like setting up times. Um, you know, we, we don't actually assist with any of that just because there's, that, that's way too much on the ground scheduling and things that could, you know, be, that could be fluid from minute to minute within the facility. That really has to be done on the facility level. At the same time, we're actually taking all that information and putting it up onto social and telling people that they can actually do this. Okay. Um, so that's one, that's definitely one line of communication that facilities from an operational standpoint should be doing. They should also be putting up messages like on hotlines, like a lot of facilities that we deal with have set up hotlines for family members just to call in and get updates. There are those people who are not very, you know, like we said before, spouses of loved ones who are not internet savvy even up to go on a website or, you know, maybe don't have the greatest eyesight to actually read through it. Or it's a personal preference. You know, some people yeah. have been calling into hotlines for years and, they right. just, you know, if there's a hotline and really it's true that, um, you know, you can put their information there. That's interesting. And, you know, people just call in and, and listen to it. What about, like, robocalls and mass texts, mass emails? Um, so mass texts have been being utilized. You don't want to do that too much because there's really only so much information that you can be giving. Also, when it comes to the software mass texts, a facility definitely doesn't have that ability to do these things. You know, it's, it's not as simple as just going online and sending it. A lot of times they'll get blocked. A lot of times it'll be reported as spam. Um, email blasts are very important, but you also have to have that, you know, decent enough email listing in order to do it. Mm -hmm. So facility has been taking in with, by working with admissions, a lot of times you could pull in cell phone numbers and email addresses that you could actually send these email blasts to. Yeah, yeah, if that's a focus and, and if you're on top of it. I just see that um, the, the conversation has gone over time already. Yeah. Um, you've been sharing so, such tremendous value uh, with everybody who's listening and watching on LinkedIn and on Facebook. And uh, when this goes live on the Nursing Home Podcast, hopefully soon, if I will, my family will allow me some time to do it. Um, any final thoughts that you would give to nursing home operators um, or people in this industry in regards to um, communicating, getting their message out, or to to family members or staff members have had you know the best ways to receive the message. So I think my final thoughts are less about the the overall communication um, and more about the fact that I think that overall people have to realize how 
how hard facility workers have been working over the last you know couple of weeks during this. And they're really at the front lines and you know they're they're frustrated because there's a million things going on at once. Um, and you know, people are they're, they're being inundated, they're being overwhelmed. I think we all have to be very, very patient. And within that also communication in general is going to get better. If people give people the proper time and the proper, you know, just, you know, mind space to really deal with everything. You know, you mentioned something before about the fact that, you know, I don't care, let them be frustrated. They called five times, but I, I got to make sure that my people are safe. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of the thing. People are prioritizing. It's like, am I going to take care of my patient first? Or am I going to answer the call from corporate asking me a question about something going on in the facility on the other end? I'm going to first take care of the patient. Then I'm probably going to take care of another patient that comes up. Then I'm going to get to that call. And then I'm going to get to the 20 other things that are on my list. So being patient. And if we do that, there'll be less people pushing back and more time for communication within that. Got it. Got it. Okay. So um, again, Jonah, thank you so much for coming on the Nursing Home Podcast. Thank you for agreeing to do this live. Um, if people want to find out more about your products and services, um, like you said, we're not calling it the Corona Relief Package, but, but people who are interested in some of the things that we're discussing, they want help with implementing some of it, where's the best place uh, to send them? Shoot me a text. Okay. So we want... Five, All right, fine. Five, eight, seven, one, eight, five, oh. Give it to us one more time. Five, five, one, five, eight, seven, one, eight, five, oh. Okay, awesome. So you are a responsive individual, giving out your cell phone number. Perfect. So, so uh, viewers, listeners of this podcast, take advantage. Uh, hit Jonah up, uh, to, uh, even if you want to find out more information, um, you know about some of the things that we discussed. Thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Be safe.